You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, Paradox friends and family. Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. You know, growing up, that is something that was always shared. Uh, when I would go to church on Sunday morning, the pastor would say, He is risen. And the entire church, all as one, would yell out in response, He is risen indeed. Now, we're not together this morning, um, other than online here. Uh, but what I thought we could do is that we could still kind of do that together. So if you would, here's what I would love. When I say He is risen, click that share button. You can use all caps. You can do a virtual shout if you want, but let's get the word out. We may be quarantined, but Jesus is still alive. He has rose. He's gone, come out of the tomb and we are here to celebrate Easter. So when I say he is risen, click that share button, say he is risen indeed. Let's tell the world and spread the word that Jesus is alive. He is risen No, 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 I'm going to do the pastor thing where I say it again because not enough of you actually did it, all right? Click that share button and say, He is risen indeed. He is risen. Well, thanks for playing along this time. feel a little bit like I'm on Blue's Clues or something, just waiting for the audience to respond. So thank you so much for being here. We are Paradox Church, and uh, we're meeting online this Easter. Our motto is always, come as you are, no perfect people allowed. And we're so glad that you have found us here, whether it's your first time or you call Paradox your church home. Happy Easter, and we're glad that you are here. Just a few things before we get going. Uh, I want to remind you, pull out your phone. Uh, you can check out the Version app. You can go to the App Store or Google Play and find that app. That's where you'll be able to down, download it, have a free Bible on your phone, as well as find Paradox and follow along with the message, notes, scriptures, and announcements for things that are coming up today. It's also where you will find a place where you can give online. Now, if you call Paradox your church home, our mission, your mission, we want to say thank you for your generous and faithful support. If you're just checking us out for the first time, this is not a moment for you. But it is your faithful giving that helps us stay on mission to provide help and hope in a home to so many in this time. It's been awesome, you know, over the last week or so, just to see people step up and give help at Salvation Army and Gleaners. And, and we're working with Ascension now in Warren um, just to provide help in whatever way we can in this time. Thousands are watching online. We just started a kids service last week that happened right before this service. Many people are finding hope in our services and there are virtual hangouts that are groups and groups that are growing every single week. God is doing awesome things and we're so thankful uh, for you, for your partnership and that you get to be a part of it here with us this morning. Well, we'll start out by asking you, have you ever been put in a box? No, not literally. I mean, no, maybe that can be a weird thing um, for, for some of you, a claustrophobic thing. You don't like that. No, I'm talking about the all the different kinds of boxes. Maybe you're one that's already, you know, after three weeks, now we've got a couple more of this quarantine. You are feeling a little stir crazy. It's Michigan. We already came through a long, hard winter. Now we've got COVID-19 and we are ready to get outside. This quarantine 
can make us feel a little bit cooped up, like we're put in a box. It's kind of a prison, right? And no one likes to feel that way. We don't even like to think inside of the box. We love being outside of the box, free, right? Not limited, not constrained. But the truth is that we all get put in boxes at various points in our lives. Some of them are self-imposed. Others of them are imposed by other people, kind of like the current situation right now. School. Maybe when you were in school, you felt like you were trapped. You were cooped up. You were put in a box and you could not wait to graduate and get out there into the real world. Well, welcome to it, right? (laughs) Sometimes I wonder if it would be better to go back in that box. But stereotypes, right? They happen all the time. People get put inside of boxes and we don't necessarily like them or agree. Gender roles, social distancing guidelines right now. There are rules, there are are boundaries, there are limitations that are put on us and all of them can tend to feel like boxes that we get put in. I get put in a box as a pastor sometimes. Um, just the other day, we were out at a park uh, together. Oh, it wasn't the other way. Man, this was weeks ago now. Time is flying and also moving slowly at the same time. But um, we, were, we were out at the park and we met this new couple that had just moved here from another state. And as we're talking, inevitably, what you do comes up, right? And that's always a little bit of a tricky subject for me as a pastor because I don't want to scare people off, you know? The second people hear that I'm a pastor, many times they they issue an apology for their language and I want to say, hey, I'm a pastor, not a five-year-old, you know? It's, it's okay. You don't have to put me in any sort of box, but it's natural for people to do that. It's natural to put others and sometimes ourselves inside of a box, And what ends up happening is that we get limited, confined. We hide things from others, or maybe we end up feeling trapped by the boxes that we get put in. Well, today I want to talk about Jesus, who was also put into many boxes, but broke out of every single one. Today is the day that we celebrate that the most, where he broke out of the grave, he is alive, and he is risen for every single one of us. But Jesus has power to break through our boxes too. I want to read a little bit from Matthew 9, verses 9 to 12. And here's what it says. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at a table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came to call the righteous, not sinners. See, we all put God in a box at times. And the first box that we tend to put God in is religion. Yes, religion itself. Religion puts God in a box. Let me explain that a little bit. Boxes are things that limit us, right? Religion puts God in a box, a a relational box, who we have to be in order to be loved, who we can can and should love. But let me tell you, Jesus lived to reach outside of the box people. 
The Pharisees were this group of religious people and religious leaders who tried to put Jesus in this relational box. They tried to say, you know, hey, you really shouldn't be eating with those people, right? If you're a man of God, if you're a teacher, a rabbi, who should you be spending your time with, Jesus, right? He got put into a religious box. This is who you should be. This is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do in order to be accepted by others and accepted by God. You know, I remember something similar happening, getting put in a relational box when I was in high school where one of my very best friends set me up with her cousin. Now, I'll never forget the thing that she said as she's doing this, right? I'm kind of like, well, I don't know. I've never really done the setup thing, blind date deal. And she looks at me with this kind of smirk and she goes, trust me, she's your type, Dave. Now, isn't there something that's a little bit offensive about that? Offensive on the one hand, because she was absolutely right. This girl was my type, you know? But there's something that when, when we get put in a box that like goes, what, my type? Who do you think you are to think that you have me figured out? Like, you know my type. I don't have a type, any of that stuff. But we get put in these boxes where we have a type. Jesus also had a type, believe it or not. But it wasn't the religious type. He hung out with guys like Matthew, a tax collector, somebody that was a social outcast, Zacchaeus, prostitutes, lepers, sinners, religious and social outcasts. These were Jesus' type. That's who he came for. It's who he loves. I love those words in that we just read. What kind of relationship is God after? See, religion says that we have to do good things for God to love us. We have to be a good person in order to be in relationship, accepted with God. But Jesus himself says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And he's actually quoting a, a scripture in the Old Testament of the Bible, Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. And I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation because I love the way that it puts it. Jesus says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. Listen, Jesus isn't after people who look the part. You can look right without getting it right. Jesus isn't looking for perfect people to love. That's why we say here at Paradox, no perfect people allowed. No, he's looking for the humble, the broken, the desperate, the needy. He loves people like that. Sinners, maybe you're just checking us out here online because you've never been to church before. You're afraid of what would happen if you dared darken the doors of a church. Jesus came for outside of the box people. He lived to love people like you and people like me. Maybe you wouldn't identify necessarily as like a sinner right now. That feels a little bit weird. It's not your past and your experience, but plenty of us have things in our past, things that we feel guilty about, shame. These times when we knew better and we still did it anyway. The many, many times we lie awake at night or daydream during the day wondering feeling insecure, thinking, am I good enough? What if people find me out? We get scared. We live anxious. And we can be exhausted trying to keep up the image. Religion is all about that. The image, looking the part, 
doing the right thing, being a good person. And because none of us can ever do all of that, religion limits us. It limits our reach. We can only get so far. We can only do enough in a day or in a lifetime. So many of us think, you know, I'm, I want to get back to church. I want to get to Jesus or something. I'm going to try to get my life together. And in the process, we end up making Jesus the final step when Jesus is the first step. He came for sinners He lived for outside-of-the-box people. There is good news today. You don't have to try to get to God anymore because Jesus came to us. He lived for outside-of-the-box people that didn't have it together, that couldn't get to God on their own. People like you, people like me, and people like all the rest of us here at Paradox. John 3.16 puts it so simply. And so well, for God so loved the world that he gave, that he sent his only son, Jesus. The motivation was love. Who is the recipient of God's love? The world. Not just the right people, not just the religious people, not just the good people. No, Jesus came. Jesus lived for outside the box people. And he came to guys like Matthew and people like you and me today. And he makes this invitation, come, follow me. I love you. I live for you. But so many times we choose someone or something else, don't we? Matthew 27, verse 15 to 23 says this. Now, at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now, The chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two of you do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. You know, sin also puts God in a box. I love organization in my house. One of the best best uh, inventions of all time, in my opinion, is the simple organizational tool where the, the boards go up on bo- both sides and you can put the little boxes in there, right? I love that because all the kids can just throw all of their stuff right in there where I don't have to look at it anymore. It can be hidden away. Believe it or not, when we had our first child, Jenna, I, I literally, like, I would go through her puzzle pieces and all her toys, trying to organize it and get it all put into little Ziploc baggies and have all the, the puzzle pieces. Yeah, you're laughing right now because that didn't last long. Now it's like, as long as it's put in one of those organized boxes and I don't have to see it, everything is okay. I love that kind of stuff. I love boxes that can be used to contain and limit in that way. But 
Boxes can also be used to compartmentalize and hide. And sometimes that's not such a great thing. You know, my wife and I are huge Friends fans. And uh, one of my favorite episodes is the episode where Chandler finds out that Monica has a secret hidden closet. Now, Monica is a neat freak, right? Everything is, has a place. Everything goes in a certain way. He, nobody can move without Monica noticing this, right? Uh, but Chandler opens up this closet because he's looking for something and all kinds of stuff falls out. And when Monica finds out that it's been opened, Chandler just looks at her and laughs and says, you're messy. And I love that because the truth is that we are all messy. Every single one of us is messy. We try to keep things separate in our lives. We try to hide things from others and even from God. We have our God box over here, right? Maybe there's a certain day or certain activities or certain people that we're with where we, we jump into the God box and we do this and we, we look the part, right? But then we have our other boxes. Some of our boxes are hidden, compartments in our lives. The thing about boxes is that they always create separation. And that separation is sin. We, we hide part of ourselves, part of our life, separating ourselves from really being known by others because there's something that's hidden. There's something we're not telling, we're not showing, and we're afraid that if we did, we wouldn't be loved. That's religion again, right? When we put our sin in a box, we end up being the ones that are in a box. Yes, it traps us, but ultimately, it also leads to death, destruction, bad things in our life, we end up in the box. Or maybe we're not hiding things at all. We're more like the crowds. We openly choose other things, other people over Jesus. That is what sin is, choosing anyone, anything else over Jesus. Because when we do that, it creates separation in our relationship with God. And it puts us in a spiritual box. We end up separated from relationship with other people and separated from a life-giving relationship with God because of our sin. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. The consequences of sin, the natural, logical play out of sin in our lives is death. It's life inside of a box. But... The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, our sin put Jesus in a very literal box. It's what we remembered just a few days ago on Good Friday. The death and burial of Jesus for us. Our sin put God in a box, a tomb. But Jesus died to give outside of the box access. He didn't stay there. That's not the reason that he died, just to be in a box. No, he, he died to give outside of the box access. You see, throughout most of history, people have related to God and addressed their separation from God in a box. Let me explain that. The Israelite people, who are or the people of God, their story is written all throughout the pages of the Old Testament in the Bible. And they carried around a literal box. It was called the Ark of the Covenant which represented God's presence with them and to them. 
later on when they, they finally had the promised land, they would be able to build a temple where the ark would be stored inside a perfectly cubed room. Ten units per side. Quite literally, God in a box. Now, this room where the Ark of the Covenant was stored came to be known as the Holy of Holies, and it was separated by an inner veil that was made of the finest of linens and gold, and it represented the place of God's presence with his people, and no one could enter this place of God's presence. No one was worthy to. It was too holy. God was too good. But once a year, access would be permitted to a ritually pure priest. And on the Day of Atonement, this priest would go in to make a sin offering. It was the place where a representative of the people would meet with God to offer a sacrifice for their sins and restore relationship with God. Now listen to what happens in Matthew 27, verse 50 to 53. Jesus cries out again from the cross with a loud voice and yields up his spirit. He dies. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep, were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. The temple curtain is torn in two. What this represented, what this signified, what it demonstrated is that the relationship that was once limited to one person and one place was now available to all. The separation had been removed. Because of Jesus' death, we now can access God's presence. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in time of need. We can go into God's presence. We can enter in with confidence. We're no longer not able to access a relationship with God. Jesus, our representative, went in for us, offered the perfect sacrifice, restored relationship, and ripped the curtain in two, making a relationship with God available to all. God was no longer in a box. No, Jesus died to give access outside of the box. Did you catch what happened in that, in that passage of Scripture? Tombs are opening When God enters into our box in Jesus, which is exactly what he did, it is God taking on the form of a human, a human body, and then entering into a grave. Again, he enters into the box for us, and what happens? He releases us from our box, our tomb, our separation, our limitation, where we could not reach God before, now we can where we could not access God's presence and relationship before. Now we can. There is a relationship available. John 3.16, again, says that whoever believes in this should not perish, will not end up in a tomb forever, will not die, 
but have eternal life. There is relationship available because Jesus' death made a relationship with God accessible, outside of the box. But it's available when we believe. Do you believe? That is the question. I want to turn to Luke 24 to answer it. Verse 1 to 11. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day, rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now, it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. And they did not believe them. That question, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you. My question for you this morning is how many of us are living inside the box lives marked by fear, marked by hiding, anxiety, hopelessness, or sin, when we have an outside-of-the-box God. These words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Our disbelief puts God in a box. We've talked about this already. Boxes can be boundaries. They can be limits. They can hold us back. In life, they can hold us back from achieving something, reaching something. My kids have boundaries for how far they can ride their bike. They're intended to hold them back from going as far as they could go. See, when it comes to disbelief, something can be true without us believing it. We don't really believe something until it makes a difference in our lives. Many who were there, who witnessed the death of Jesus, did not believe that Jesus was who he said he was. They mocked him. They put a sign on top of the cross saying, the king of the Jews. They didn't believe he was who he said he was. They did not believe he could do what he said he could do. The Pharisees did it. They called him an imposter. They put guards in front of the tomb just in case somebody would try to trick everyone and steal the body. The disciples did it. They, they followed Jesus, but now they were in a room hiding, fearful, wondering what was next. Thomas did it, one of Jesus' friends and followers. He wouldn't believe the resurrection until he saw it. And in their disbelief, they kept Jesus in the grave and kept God in a box 
Our disbelief will always keep God in a box, but Jesus rose to give outside of the box life. How many of us put God in a box of disbelief? We look at him and say, yes, Jesus was a good man. Maybe he was, he was a moral teacher. Or maybe we look at this Easter story and we say, yeah, that's an, an idle tale. It's a nice story to tell the kids on Easter Sunday. Perhaps, maybe you've even come to the point where you said, yes, Jesus died for my sins so I can go to heaven. I believe that. I agree. And now I'm all set. But I just want to ask you, if everything was truly finished when Jesus died, if that, and all that's left for us to do is believe that and now wait to die so that we can go to heaven, why would Jesus rise again here on earth? And I think the answer is because Jesus wants us to do the same. It's exactly what started happening the moment Jesus died. Tombs were emptied. And when Jesus' tomb is empty, we are called, we are given the power to live outside of the box too. Many of us are living our lives, believing that Jesus died for our sins, but are living without the power of the resurrection every day in our lives. Power to break free from addiction. Power to to be free from shame from our past. Power to restore relationships. Power to to heal. Power to give hope. Power to, to help us dream again. Power to live both now and forever. We keep going back to John 3.16, where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I want to focus in on that word here in our final moments together. What does eternal mean? It is not just a time and a place. It's not just heaven after we die. No, there is resurrection power that is available now to help us live an eternal quality of life right here on earth now. Listen to what John John 10, 10 says. Jesus says that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Many of us are living Good Friday lives when there's a resurrection power available to us. Jesus says that he came so that we may have life and have it abundantly. Not just someday, here, now. Jesus rose to give us outside of the box life. We make the good news only about Jesus' death. But Jesus taught and lived the good news of life. Mark 1.15, in the Passion Translation, Jesus' message was this. At last, the fulfillment of the age has come. It is time for the realm of God's kingdom, where God is in charge, where his will is done, to be experienced in its fullness. Did you know that when God's will is done, there's actually life and life to the full? We experience his goodness when we look to him and believe and follow him. We live by his power. We live outside of the box. Jesus says, turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. It is not a death-filled gospel. No, it is a hope for life today gospel. How do you do that? The first step is simple. Believe. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
You will be saved from every box that would limit, that would confine, that would hold you back and would lead you to your death, both now and forever. And you will be saved into power and freedom and life today. It's why Jesus lived. It's why Jesus died. And it's why Jesus rose again to reach outside of the box people like you and me, to restore relationship with us because he loved us so much and to give us life and life to the full. In just a few minutes, I'm gonna pray and we're gonna do a song together, but there are people that are available to pray with you. All you need to do is text that number at the bottom of the screen. It can be completely anonymous. You will hear from one of our prayer team and they would love to pray about absolutely anything and everything you need today with you. But I wanna ask you, as we do that, maybe some of you will be praying, who do you most identify with from the people that we talked to about today? Maybe you identify with those Pharisees the people that, that felt limited or wanted to put God in a relational box. We think that God is just for the good people. That certainly God couldn't be interested in a relationship with those people. Or maybe you say, yeah, I am those people. God's just for the good people. Remember John 3.16, God so loved the world. And that's you. And that's me. And it's that guy down the street that you don't think could ever possibly be interested. Or maybe you're more like the crowds this morning. Jesus is the less attractive option to you. You're choosing someone else, something else. You're living with fear, hiding apart, compartmentalizing, and it's creating separation and death in your life. Remember John 3, 16, God gave his son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him will not perish Jesus opened up access to the relationship with God that your soul craves and will bring life. Or maybe you're more like the disciples here today. You're struggling with disbelief. You're not experiencing power and life in your life. Again, remember John 3, 16, whoever believes won't perish, but have eternal life. I wanna invite every single one of us to believe again today. If you're starting a relationship with God for the first time today or you're restarting a relationship with God, I just want to ask you, would you let us know that? We have some tools available to you to help you in this journey and we would love to walk alongside of you in it. Would you pray with me as we pray just those things today? Father God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to show us how much you love us, to show us what you're like, that you are good, how to live, how to love. Father, I pray that we would follow him, that we would know that you're not angry with us today, that every single person that is listening to this is drawn here by your never ending, never giving up, never failing, all encompassing, freely given love for us. Father, I pray that that would draw us into relationship with you and that we would approach you confidently, knowing that there is no barrier in sin. It's been forgiven. It's gone because of Jesus in his death. We can now approach you confidently in his name and find relationship, restoration, healing, and hope again. God, I pray that our hearts would believe. Would you open them up? Would you soften us, God? 
whatever lie we've believed, whatever shame we've been carrying, God, we lay it at the foot of the cross here this morning. And we thank you that that tomb is empty. Death is defeated. The grave is no more. We can live outside of the box because Jesus, you are outside of the box. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.